It is my great joy to welcome you today to City Reach LA. I'm the lead pastor here. My name is Josh Houston. We are closing out our core values series today, and I've really enjoyed this series. I don't know if you've um, been around to see it. Um, it's it's been awesome, not just because the preaching's been awesome, but the content has been good because like this is the this is the lifeblood of our ministry. We've been more working through this sig- significantly exploring our core values as a way of like realigning ourselves back to our purpose regularly. So our core values, the way of Jesus, come as you are, church is family, local and global mission. Um, If you guys missed any of these, I highly encourage you to go back to our podcast online or to our Facebook Live and watch them because these have been good. They've just been really instrumental for where we're going as a church. (sighs) Today, local and global mission. This is what Micah 6.8 says. What does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. You know, I I think sometimes we overcomplicate Christianity. Sometimes we just make it too dang hard for people. Let's simplify it for a moment. Be all about justice. Be all about mercy. Be all about humility. Do you know how much more wholesome our world would be if Christians were simply and actually all about justice and all about mercy and all about humility. Throw out correct, correct doctrine for a moment. Let's sideline Bible reading and fasting, right? Just, just for a second, just put those on hold. If Christians simply lived in a way that was rooted in justice and mercy and humility. Humility, it's a proper self-orientation. It's not thinking too high of self. It's not thinking too low of self. It's accurate self-awareness because I'm in right relationship with God. It's this correct orientation to God, which gives me correct orientation to myself. It's an appropriate inward orientation. And what it does is it produces an appropriate outward orientation. So we walk with God. He gives us this proper understanding of who we are. And we realize we're no different than anybody else in the world. We're no different. And we see how God has treated us. He's treated us with justice. He's treated us with mercy. And what must come next is our imitation of God. Justice. Mercy. Today, we're highlighting local and global mission. It's our fourth core value. Fourth, because it's the natural result. It's the natural overflow of correct alignment to God and to each other. So the way of Jesus, first one. We know who we are in God. We know who we are in relationship to God because of Jesus, the Christ man, the Messiah and so we do life his way. And then come as you are, and church is family. No, we know who we are with each other now as well, which leads us to mission. You may have heard us term, use the term or the phrase beyond us here. That's our, it's one of our phrases for, for missions because we're thinking beyond us. A lot of churches become ingrown and all about themselves, and we like to intentionally turn outward regularly and think beyond us and see beyond us. This is our concept for mission It's beyond thinking about our own lives. Because what we have been given in Christ and each other, now we need to do something with that. We've been given this incredible gift, and God says, I want you to do something with what I've given you. What must we do? Justice. Mercy. Walk humbly. To be about justice and mercy and humility, it's to identify with the longings The broken, the poor, the marginalized, the forgotten, the excluded. And part of being part of of the human community 
is that we must remind ourselves that there's a global responsibility to be passionate about social and economic and racial justice. As Martin Luther King Jr. said over and over again, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. So we make local and global justice and mercy a priority in our lives. We join grassroots movements that are fighting issues of injustice, that serve with gentle yet powerful acts of mercy. And we humbly involve ourselves in that struggle. We partner with ministries that make known the love of Christ, that are taking part in building his kingdom, not just our tiny kingdoms, right? So today I want to highlight the four ministries we financially support each month. So exciting, guys. Oh, so good. We're going to hear a little bit about what each of these ministries is doing. We're going to get updates about their ministry and then how we can support them beyond sending a check every month. It's going to be so good. I'm so pumped for today. Um, I've been praying about this this um, this Sunday for months, actually. Stoked to be able to present. Guys, this is who we support beyond our own church. This is what we're about beyond our own church. And I want to start this approach, or I want to approach this by starting with L.A. and moving outward. So first, the Harvest Home. As a pastor, I get references and suggestions for connection all the time. Um, You should connect with this person. You should connect with this ministry. You should look into this missions organization, and it's great. But if I'm honest, sometimes it's a little overwhelming, and sometimes I don't take those suggestions completely seriously because I get them all the time. And in July of last year, I got a similar tip. You should check out this place called The Harvest Home. And I initially thought, like, yeah, yeah, I know, it's pr- that's awesome. They probably do very meaningful work. It's great. But then I looked them up, and I began to read about their passion and about their pain and about their meeting the needs of extremely needy people. The Harvest Home is a residential, residential program that, that meets the needs of homeless pregnant women and their babies. Are you kidding me? <laughs> homeless pregnant women, justice, mercy. I had to take a tour of this place, and as, as I was walking through the home, hearing about their ministry, my heart was screaming, yes, this is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus does. This is what he's all about. So with that, I'd like to invite up Sarah Wilson. She's the executive director of the Harvest Home, and I want to give her maybe four or five minutes now just to kind of share a little bit about their ministry and then how we can partner with their ministry beyond sending a check each month. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here um, this morning and so excited. Josh and I met about, I guess, a month and a half ago or so. Um, he had like a one-week-old baby at the time, so I was super impressed that, <laughs> that he had carved out the time, but was immediately just struck by the, the passion um, that you as a church community have for giving back in the community. And um, so I'm so excited to be here today. And I, you guys have major street cred in my book because I was actually in church planting for five years and did the whole tear down, you know, set up tear down thing um, every week. And I know how hard it is. So you guys are awesome. Thanks so much for being here in the community and for um, actually getting your hands dirty in the work of this church. And I'm excited to share more with you of how you can be involved at Harvest Home. Um, Before I tell you more about our ministry, I want to tell you more about the women that we serve because um, we wouldn't exist if it wasn't for these women. And of course we wouldn't exist if if the need wasn't there, which of course is a part of the injustice of this city. Um, We get over 500 calls a year from women that are pregnant, homeless, have nowhere to turn. Um, Homelessness looks different for every woman. Uh, Some women are actually on the streets. Some women are um, what's called couching, maybe bouncing from one friend's house to another. 
or in an unsafe environment, like a, a family um, with maybe an unsafe partner or in a, in a home where there's 12 people living in one bedroom and they realize this is not the best um, scenario to bring a baby into. So, so there's a lot of injustice in that situation. And um, you know, the, I think that recently there was a study that, sh or um, the numbers showed that the average one bedroom apartment in the city of Los Angeles, actually county of Los Angeles, not just city, was $1,950. Um, so in this city, um, there is so much economic disparity. It's really challenging for women um, that are even working hard to, to get a step forward. And so um, that's where women enter our home. But the reason I say that um, our, we wouldn't do our work without them is not just because the need is there, um, but is because if there were not women that were wanting to make a difference in their child's life, that were waking up and saying, today is the day my life is going to change because this decision is not just for myself, it is for this baby. Um, if there were not women that were in that place, we would not we would not have a place to do the work that we do. Because yes, we have this home and we have this program and I'm really proud of, of what we do and the opportunities that we give women. But if, if they were not there showing up saying, I'm going to change, my life is going to be different for this child, we wouldn't have a job. And so that's what we do is we walk alongside and we partner with these amazing women um, who are, are making a path forward for their family, who are intentionally every day getting up, making a choice for their child. Um, some of the challenges that women who walk in our doors have in their lives. We're, we have women that are dealing with years and years of emotional abuse, um, physical abuse, maybe in the family they grew up or the, the relationship that they've been in. We have women that um, have grown up in poverty and just know no different than the reality that they've been in. Um, we have women who are suffering for years and years of, of mental health struggles and from everything that's kind of, um, you know, not as severe to very, very debilitating. Uh, women who have turned to self-medication and, and substance abuse and um, our, our goal and our role is to walk alongside them and say, okay, how can we help you um, make a path forward and make a way forward in your life? And so that's why our mission is not just to give women a, a place to stay or give women a, a program, but our mission actually says that we exist to help homeless pregnant women become great mothers. And that's really what we're all about, is partnering alongside helping um, women to become great mothers. I don't know if we have any moms in the crowd, or everybody has a mom. Most everybody has a mom of some kind. Um, but you can probably think right now what it looks like to be a great mom. Um, being a great mom doesn't always mean it's easy. Uh, I have to tell you, I, I have an eight-month-old baby, first child. Um, I had been working at Harvest Home for five years before I became a mom. And all of a sudden, our mission became so much more real to me. Um, I actually, I think I struggled more as a new mom than so many of our women do because they make it look easy. Here's these women that have no support. Um, you know, they don't have a partner in the picture. They don't have a mom or a, an auntie who's coming alongside and saying, hey, here's how to take care of your baby. And yet they, they don't complain. They, you know, they do the late nights. They do, they're going back to work. They're doing all these awesome things. And I'm sitting here as a new mom with all this support going, oh my gosh, this is hard. And so anyway, I have such respect for these, um, for, th for the ladies that we walk, that we walk alongside and, and so grateful that we get to be a part of their story. Um, so what does that look like? Uh, we do have a home in Venice. Um, we are able to serve 10 women at a time. And um, women come into our program when they're pregnant and then stay until their babies are between three and six months old. Um, and alongside um, the home, we also have case management. We have a therapist on our staff. 
And then we have a full program um, with classes in the evenings that's really geared to help women um, grow in five different areas. So mental and emotional health is one of those areas, parenting, um, financial independence, physical health, and then spiritual growth um, is the last of those areas. And so we are a Christian organization. Um, we like to put the hands and feet to um, to the love of Jesus. And so part of that is is showing love. It is helping give instruction and training and encouragement in these areas. But that it's also just showing God's, God's love to these women. If you um, didn't grow up in a home where you experienced love, it's kind of hard to experience God as a loving God. And so our goal is to help women to push the reset button on who they see God as and to help them grow in that relationship so that they are able to root their new families in the um, unending love of Jesus as well. Um, so a little bit about how you can partner alongside us. I've probably gone, have I gone over? Okay, I can talk really fast. Um, so um, a couple ways you can partner with us. One, we're so grateful for the financial support, um, but we do believe that that's just the beginning. Uh, there are ways that you guys can jump in as a community. I know one thing that Josh communicated to me is it was kind of looking for someone to, to step up as a cheerleader and say, I'm going to own this for this um, for this church community. And so we're looking for that person. Um, you get to hang out with me, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but what I do love about, about our program being the that it is, um, is we're, we're kind of a mid-sized organization, is we are able to tailor our partnerships to really what kind of meets the church community. And so as a community, you can adopt a room, you can adopt a holiday. Um, we've had churches that say, hey, we're going to come by and pick up your ladies if they want to join us for our church community. That can kind of look what it look like whatever this community wants it to be. And then we have a place for individuals to step in, to be mentors, to be babysitters, um, to drop by and cook meals, to just drop by and hang out with the women that we serve. Um, we have a need for professionals to join our board, um, to, to mentor women in kind of their professional skills, um, to teach classes. I would just say if your heart um, is moved by the work that we do, come and talk to me because we have a place for you. Um, I actually even hesitate sometimes to share the, the opportunities that we have because I know that God calls each of us differently and we have a place for you to get involved. I'll actually give a shout out to Kuros who has for the last several years been dropping by bread weekly to our home. We don't even know where he came from actually. He just like one day showed up as this, this bread man. Um, it's like quite literally been God, his daily bread, you know, through him. Um, but that's where I say if you if your heart is moved, come and talk to me. I'll be here afterwards and we have a place for you to um, come support the work we do. Thank you. Thank you. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, if you're at all, you don't have to, not everybody has to feel like, yes, that's my thing, right? We, we're doing this as a church, but if you feel a heart connection here, if you feel called in this direction, please go have a conversation with her. Look up their website, get their, their brochure. Um, there are ways everybody can serve at their home. I saw a guy doing like gardening work outside when I went. It's like she, I think the other person said like he comes once a week or something like that and just takes care of like so th there's a ton of stuff to be able to do to help there. Um, yeah, connect with her before you leave if you're led to. Secondly, I empathize. If you've been around City Reach LA for any amount of time, you're probably familiar with this organization. Um, if you've not heard about them, they are zealously eradicating child exploitation. And Guido Hygienis is, uh, uh, he's in charge of the LA Hub, and we have a great relationship with him and the work that they're doing. Unfortunately, he couldn't be with us this morning, so I asked him to make us a video or to send us some video updates. So we're going to watch two short videos um, about for I Empathize. The first one is like a broader sweep at their organization and, that, and the work that, that they do and what specifically monthly supporters, where their money goes towards, like what, what it actually is that they're serving and doing. 
And then the second video was a more personal connection with Guido in what he's doing in LA and some extra ways that we can partner with them. So let's, let's play both of those. There are more good guys in the world than bad. We meet people every day who are driven by their empathy to help vulnerable and victimized kids. These people end up doing incredible things to help kids. They educate themselves, they become mentors, they host events to bring this issue to their communities. Each of us can make a difference in the life of a child. We intersect either directly or indirectly with vulnerable and victimized kids every day. Our mission is to equip adults to empower youth to eradicate exploitation. We visualize a world where youth are safe and protected because the adults in their lives know how to empower them. Some adults work with kids regularly because they are teachers or social workers or healthcare professionals. They are uniquely positioned to provide youth with the type of care and support they need. Other people don't interact with kids day to day. If you are one of those people, one of the most impactful things you can do to help is become a monthly donor. Our monthly donors help us to achieve four foundational pillars that lead to the protection of youth through prevention and intervention strategies. Monthly donors set us free to equip those adults who are working with youth. We are addressing exploitation through meaningful solutions. We are dedicated to continuing to develop and distribute the best tools, resources, and training that will equip adults to empower youth. And when youth are empowered, they stay safe. They succeed. And they take enormous steps of empathy to help other kids stay safe and successful too. We have to prevent exploitation before it happens. And we can do that by empowering all youth to know how to stay safe. We can do that by equipping adults to bring those empowering strategies to kids. We need a team of empathizers to make that work happen. Our monthly donors give us solid footing to confidently provide more services every day. And because we are dedicated to making prevention accessible to everyone, we want to be able to provide prevention to whomever needs it. That's why we're proud to reveal a new scholarship to bring the Empower Youth Program to schools and organizations. When you donate, you become a sponsor who brings prevention to youth across the United States and Mexico. We are so grateful for the empathy that drives people to act on behalf of youth. Join us in a step of empathy. Hello everyone, my name is Guido Hygienius and I'm the LA Hub Coordinator with I Empathize. Um, also a, a local neighbor, uh, live, I live here in Santa Monica uh, with my wife and two young boys. And um, I want to thank uh, this church because Nathan Kohler, former uh, pastor of yours, had, was the first person to get behind our work. Um, and to be here six years later is um, I'm just thankful and, and, and inspired because of the progression that has been happening um, over the last six years. You heard from the last video about our Empower Youth Program. That's our flagship youth program. As the LA Hub Coordinator, I spend most of my time in the area of distributing, implementing, um, and training uh, adults so that our Empower Youth Program continues to be um, implemented in multiple uh, youth-serving spaces. 
And so um, locally, we've seen this program be used with thousands of youth, and I've been able to train hundreds of adults. Um, but guess what? We're just scratching the surface uh, because it all goes back to our mission, which is to end child exploitation. That's why we develop these programs. That's why we help with distributing, training uh, adults so they can use the program to reach youth in that way, to empower them. Um, and so one of the things that you can help with, uh, or three things, number one, if you work with youth, apply for a scholarship, you can begin to use the Empower Youth program with the kids you work with. Number two, uh, advocate for the Empower Youth program, that many of you know people who work with youth, and you can connect them to apply for a scholarship uh, to use our Empower Youth program with the kids they work with. And number three, is to host a private screening or, you know, yeah, host a private screening with Be Relentless, uh, which is our 90-minute uh, documentary. It's our outreach, and it connects people with uh, to, 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 to learn more about the Empower Youth Program and to implement it in their community. So uh, BeRelentlessMovie.com, don't have time to tell you about it, so that kind of leaves you with that, right, curiosity. So uh, go to that, and those are the ways you can help. Thank you. Check out I Empathize online. Uh, actually, I think Erica Bell actually has done some um, some work with them as well. So if you're interested, you can talk with her about it. Uh, Megiddo, I think, is going to be speaking here later in the year as well, um, preaching one week. So they're doing incredible work, saving kids. Um, sometimes problems seem so vast we don't even know where to start, you know? Um, gun violence, world hunger, racism, child exploitation. It's like, how do we even begin to make a dent? in these type of issues. And sometimes the vastness of the problem can lead us to paralysis, and then we end up not doing anything about the problem. And I don't, I, I don't know a person that doesn't want to end child exploitation, but this is systemic evil. There's not a quick fix to this. It's not like, well, let's just do this thing, and then we'll, we'll fix it all. So how do we even begin to barely scratch the surface of, of fixing this? I empathize with doing it. They are literally saving lives because of their resolve to fight for those who can't fight for themselves. So um, I empathize, Harvest Home, these are our local organizations that we're partnering with. We're joining with them financially and hopefully more in the future to get actually get our hands dirty, get involved, um, meet the needs of the needy and fight for the defenseless. Now let's zoom out a little bit nationally. Most of you are familiar with the Kolars, Nathan and Jessica, and their three girls, and now a baby boy on the way as well. Um, about eight years ago, they left the East Coast. They planted this church here in Santa Monica. It started out uh, by the promenade at a magic studio called Magicopolis, if you ever walked by that. Um, they left families. They left ministries. They brought a small team of friends here to follow the voice of God, plant a church. They didn't know anybody out here, and this church is the fruit of their faithfulness. It's, it's, it's awesome that like it's come as far as it has. And in December, they drove to Nashville to plant a new church, Risen Church, and we, st we started supporting them financially monthly um, in January. And I asked Nate, I've been talking to him, and asked if he could send us an update video just on the work that they're doing over in Nashville. So here's this one. Hello, City Reach Los Angeles. This is Nathan Kolar coming from Nashville, Tennessee. It is actually a cold and rainy day here in Nashville, which I know you guys in Southern California know nothing about. I actually wanted to film this outside, but instead uh, we're here in my living room. It was about eight years ago that my wife, Jessica, and I, along with many of you, had the joy of planting City Reach Los Angeles right there in the heart of Santa Monica. It was the delight of our lives 
to get to be a part of what God did there and what he's still doing there. It was a few months ago that we felt stirred towards another church plant here in Nashville. And I'm so thankful that one of my dearest friends in the world, Josh Houston, became the lead pastor there. And it is amazing uh, to see you guys move forward in your mission in a city that needs you so much. Uh, I'm so delighted to see you endeavoring to know God and make him known uh, and see you continue to grow and reach the people in that city. Uh, We've been here in Nashville for a little over two months now. And we started with no team this time, just my wife and I and our kids, which are more a part of the team now. You guys know November, who's eight, Kensington, who is five, Nessa, who is two. And we've got a boy on the way, Clay, Al, and Kolar. They're a part of our team. Uh, It started with just us. And in these uh, several weeks, we've seen about 18 people uh, join our launch team. And we're gathering in a community group and launching multiple community groups before we launch Risen Church Nashville uh, this fall. Uh, Our vision is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city, just like what you guys are doing there. Uh, Your investment and your prayer is what is making this possible. Uh, Continue to pray for us, please. We sense increased spiritual warfare in seasons like this. We thank you for your financial support. Another way you can support us is simply encouragement. Uh, Send my wife encouraging text messages or Facebook messages. Even uh, send stuff to my wife and I for our kids. Address it to Novi, Kenzie, or Nessa. Send them some letters. That that, that stuff goes a long way, probably longer than you realize. We we thank you for your investment. Uh, We're going to be connected to you always. You're always in our hearts. We love you very, very much. I talk regularly with Nathan to keep up on our friendship and just to hear what's going on over there. And it's, it's so exciting to hear the work that they're starting there. And I think it's such a beautiful picture of God building his kingdom where, you know, they move here, nothing, with a small team. They build this thing. It's, it's healthy. It's sustainable. And they, they feel God directing them to go do it again. So they leave. And now the church they planted is supporting the church that they're planting. It's just like, oh, it's so beautiful and so cool for what God is doing with this. So I want to challenge you to keep in touch with them, send prayers their way, send encouraging messages. Let's make it our ambition to bless them immensely because of the love and the sacrifice that they laid for this church. And then to zoom out once more globally, here is the video update from our global partners. It's the end of the day here in the city where we live and serve. Poverty, injustice, and hopelessness dominate a huge percentage of the population. Probably half the kids playing soccer happily in the background are undocumented immigrants with no access to school. This week, I learned that due to an upcoming election, the government has been giving out free health care. Today, I learned that they are also giving away an addictive drug that over half of the grown men already use daily. A 25-year-old man told me his story recently of fighting for dignity in the midst of unemployment rates of over 50%. Last year, he got a job, only to have it taken away seven days later, and that whiplash of hope and loss has him struggling with mental illness in a land with only one psychiatrist. I'm standing just outside the English Center. That's a big part of our work here. Every week, our team spends hours and hours with students that are hungry to speak better English. It's one of the ways we get to tell the story of God's grace, because we teach them regardless of their receptivity to our witness. We do it simply out of love, God's love that He has poured into our hearts before we were ever receptive to Him. Yesterday morning, 
two men came over to my house to hear about how Jesus healed a paralyzed man and a man born blind, and about how neither the paralyzed man nor the man, the blind man, had to do anything to earn Jesus' love for them. You know, as Christians, we work toward a better world, not because education or clean water or economic stability are only a means to our evangelistic ends, no. We work toward human dignity because we learn it from the way God treats us. But let me leave a challenge with you. Clean water, education, and financial stability on this earth will not last forever. They help us point to the future and to God's promise to remake the earth and take everything wrong and make it right. Since we care enough to work for wholeness on issues that are not eternal, should we not even more work for wholeness on the issue that matters most in eternity, a restored relationship with God? And that's why we have to tell people the good news about Jesus. Only Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It was six years and a week ago today when I sent my first email to Nathan Kolar and our partnership with City Reach began. Many of you have given personally and City Reach as a family has been a faithful support of our funding network over the years. Your support puts us in proximity with the people here. On behalf of my entire family, thank you. work they're doing. I want to conclude um, today by asking three things of you. I want to ask that you pray for our ministry partners. I want to ask that you commit to being a consistent giver here at City Reach LA and to connect regularly with our ministry partners when possible. So to quickly walk through these, prayer is not what we do after we've exhausted our efforts. Prayer is not what we try after we've failed things and, and things are screwing up and not going as, as we planned. As Christians, prayer is our first responsibility. Prayers realize that we join in God's work that he's already doing, that God's been doing something for a long time and we're jumping into the flow of that. Ultimately, prayer says, God, without you, our efforts are in vain, so help us. Send us your grace. Empower what we do in your name. So I want to challenge you to be prayers. Pray for the Harvest Home. Pray for I Empathize. Pray for the Kolars. Pray for our global partners. Ask God to give them grace and faith and resources and influence to change the world. Pray for our ministry partners. Secondly, if you call this church home, I want to unashamedly ask that you commit to being a consistent giver here. This is not about salaries. This is not about cushy, comfy ministry. This is, this is about doing justice. This is about loving mercy you can ask our staff and board, I'm incessantly looking for ways to cut costs, to spend wiser, to be more efficient with our finances. God has entrusted to us so that we could do more with our ministry, so that we can impact more lives through our ministry. I want to stand here boldly today and say we need your financial support. We need your financial partnership. If you call this church home, consistent giving is essential to empowering the work that we do here in L.A. and supporting what we do beyond here. Because there are practical costs. Renting this school each week, printing costs, our bookkeeping, storage, our office space, 
running a church actually costs money and it's expensive, especially in L.A. But all of that enables us to do meaningful work. Sending money each, each month to places like the Harvest Home and I Empathize and the Kolars and our global partners. Putting on events like the Trunk or Treat for our city. Care packages for teachers. Benevolence work in our city. Benevolence pe- work for people inside our church. Meeting the needs of real people with real problems and real hurt and real stories. This is what we're about here. And this costs money. And I want to make it easy for you. PushPay is our giving platform, and they make it so simple for you to go on and set up a recurring gift. It's easy. You could easily set up a recurring gift, and when you give to and through the church, it's tax deductible. Bam. Okay. Praise Jesus. But again, this isn't about having more. It's not about us having more. This is about us being able to do more with the ministry of our church, to bless the people in our church, in our city, and beyond our city. So I want to challenge you. And I challenge our church to be radical. Guys, I want us to be radically defined by generosity. Not that we just give every once in a while, but that our church is radically generous. And the amount is not the issue. 30 bucks a month, 300 bucks a month, 3,000 bucks a month. It's, the issue is our hearts. Can God trust us with our finances in order to bless and enrich the lives of others? I want to ask you to be a consistent giver here. And then thirdly, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to say a prayer for a ministry. And it's pretty easy to write a check to a ministry, to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with God. That requires the investment of our lives, our whole souls. So I want to ask you to prayerfully consider what you can do beyond praying and what you can do beyond giving to connect with our ministry partners. Connecting with our global partners is going to be a little bit challenging. I'll give you that one. But how can you connect with the Harvest Home to serve the beautiful mothers that they empower? How can you connect with I Empathize to be a small force that joins the movement that's eradicating child exploitation? How can you connect with the Kolars to encourage and inspire them as they're planting Risen Church? I want to ask you to connect with our ministry partners and empower the work that they're doing. Josh, you want to come back up to, for our, our uh, response time? We're going to go into a small time of response in worship through song. Our church exists to know Jesus and make him known. That's why we're here. We want to know Jesus as a church community and make him known, but that is impossible detached from mission. It's impossible detached from mission. So we care for the needs of those in our church, and we look beyond and we look outward to meet the needs of our city and our nation and our planet, our world. Our Heavenly Father does justice. Our Heavenly Father loves mercy. He is generous. He blesses. He causes the lives of others to flourish. You know, our Heavenly Father could make his entire life about his pleasure. He could make his life about himself, about his enjoyment. But in humility, he looks beyond his own life in order to beautify the broken. Our God is a liberator, and so shall we be. So Jesus, we come to you in this moment, and we offer our hearts to you again. We're yours, and we're incredibly blessed here, God. What we have, who we are, we are so grateful for your incredible blessings upon our life, God. And we ask that you would use us, that you would take every ounce of our being, every ounce 
of our network, of our resources, of our influence, God, and that you would use it to look beyond us and change our world. That you would make this city greater because of our influence here. We want to be used by you. And God, ultimately, we want to be like you. And you liberate and you bring freedom and you restore and you redeem and you reconcile things. So God, we pray that you use us in that way. We give you freedom, O Lord.